Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we're looking at Season 2, Episode 5, Dukes We Hardly Knew Ye, in which Frasier and Niles' investment plans result in the closure of Martin's favourite neighbourhood drinking hall. So Key, in this episode, Martin, Frasier and Niles rather, are investing their money in a, uh, in a, in a property um, company. I want to ask you this week, have you ever been tempted to invest your money? Or are you happy to leave it for a rainy day in the bank? Or indeed, you may have already invested it. So tell us your investment portfolio. Okay. <laughs> so it, it's weird, actually, because everyone... I Obviously, I know a lot of people who work in like financial planning and things like that. And, you do. And I'm very big on, you know, you've got to make your money work for you. But I'm actually... I don't do any of that. My, my dad told me when I was a kid, he said, only ever invest money that you're happy to lose. That is um, very, very sad advice. And I'm never happy to lose money. So oh, I neither am I. It's bank. why I never bet. I mean, I don't know what you're like. Is this kind of linked? So I can ask you this as well. Are, you know, are you a betting man? Because when the football's on, normally I'll put like, say, £5 in my betting account. And I would say that £5 lasts me six months, probably longer than that. And I will just put like a pound on when it's like an FA Cup weekend. And I'll put like an acker on or something. So are you the same with betting because you hate losing money? Because I'm the same. Yeah, I, I don't bet at all, really. When I was a little kid, we all used to put like a pound on the Grand National every year. That's a, that's good. That's a bit of a rush, isn't it? Yeah, um, but be, beyond that, no, because like for me, I get a lot of enjoyment out of watching sport and pretty much any sport at that. Mm. And I think that because I, I'm a very tight-fisted person, and if I thought, oh, God, he's going to lose me money, I, I think... It would bring more pain than pleasure. Yeah, so. I, it, my my rule is I never ever bet on the villa. Um, yeah. that I mean that just goes without saying. But See, I remember, my granddad yeah. always bets on the villa to lose because he's convinced he'll ne- he never wins bets. So wow, that, that's the best thing to do because then if they win, well. you don't care that you've lost the bet, <laughs> and if they yeah. lose, you've got money. And in the last few years, he's, he's done all right out of it. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> he has. He's probably been reaping the benefits of our uh, generally poor performances. Excellent. So, so you you wouldn't say you're like a big investment man. You you kind of keep your money nice and safe, like a dragon hoarding it in a cave. Is is what you're telling us. <laughs> Pretty much, but if anyone's listening, it's not in my flat. It's in a <laughs> Your flat Don't is come not the <laughs> Okay, are you ready to tuck yourself in a trivia corner this week? I am indeed. Excellent. So, forewarning to everyone, obviously you won't have seen a Reddit post for this um, episode because we're recording two this week as Key's going on holiday. So, we've reached out to Corey and Hamish, our uh, resident quiz masters, for three questions each from them. Um, though I believe Corey only managed to get two because his Hulu stream is playing up. Um, that's obviously no fault of his and I did spring the trivia request on him in the middle of the night so of course he's forgiven um, so I'll start with Hamish's for you Key, and then you can ask me yeah. yours um, so question at numero uno who is the author of Violence in the Workplace? Oh, okay. I did. Is it something like my, my last name? I'll be off on this. Is it something like Lamont Maiman? Oh, absolutely spot on. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> well played. I, I would never have got that. I love that kind of bit with the book. Um, but the Frasier says it so quickly and almost like under his breath because he's like at such a funny angle. I'm yeah amazed you've caught that. Well, oh, I wrote down the title, the author. I thought this is Wells. This is <laughs> so you've done very well there. Okay, question two: How would Daphne become more flattered from Martin and Fraser when she shows them her red dress? What would she oh. need to, to kind of? The, what conditions would need to exist for her to be more flattered? Was it? Didn't she say something like, "I'd be more flattered if I didn't know how hard up you both exactly, were"? Exactly. Yes. So if they weren't so hard up, she'd be more flattered. Absolutely correct. This is a phrase. Do we you use that much in the UK to basically mean horny, like hard up? Is that is that a phrase that gets used here? Um, I don't know. 
No, I suppose not. I suppose most of the, the times I've heard it have probably been on TV. I've never heard anyone say it in real life. Yeah, I feel like I don't hear this much, but it's a pretty, it's but, a pretty good little euphemism, I think. I also think that between me and my friends, we don't really discuss how horny we are with one another. <laughs> <laughs> really? You don't, mate? <laughs> well, I do it with you, clearly. <laughs> We've clearly discussed it on this podcast an awful lot, so usually about the characters, not about ourselves, thank God, but there you go. Okay, Hamish's last question this week. What is the final line of the episode? A nice kind of change-up question here. I like this. Oh, that is a nice change-up question. Okay, so I have a feeling it might be Niles. And yes, I think it is. I'll give you half a point for that because that's, that's it's, good to remember. I want to say, and this might not be the last one, but it's the last one I can remember. He's on about how he's going to stand up to faceless corporate America, even though even when he is the face of corporate America. <laughs> he is, yes. The, the, the wrecking ball comes in. He goes, oh, well, who am I to stand in the way of progress? And runs out the door. And I don't remember off the top of my head anything after that. But I think the next bit is them all around for ages and it's there's no no speaking you so are I... basically correct i'm gonna give you the point he says on the other hand who am i to stand in the way of progress and you, you basically oh. said that so well play that's three out of three if i'm not mistaken it is a big well you know you normally <laughs> do pretty pretty well so uh, okay now we'll lower the bar with me answering your three and then we'll go over <laughs> to Corey's two so take it away okay so question one mm-hmm. Um, what was the name of the caller in this episode? Oh, God. These are these are the bread and butter questions. <laughs> I have to know these. It's right at the beginning. I know that. because Yeah, you don't, don't actually know. hear her Yeah, you don't speak. hear him speak. Um, can, you, can you give me the, the initial? It's an L. Oh God! I feel like you should start going kind of vowel, please. It's not. It's not Lamont, is it? <laughs> it's not Lamont Lamont. Um I'm just gonna have to say Lisa. Oh well, it, it's not Lisa. Ah, I think it was. Uh, it's Lorraine. 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 For some reason, I was drawn to Lynette as well, but that's only because my brother was just talking to me about Desperate Housewives, and there was a character in that called Lynette. So I've got Lynette. I never took your. I never took your brother for a Desperate Housewives fan. Uh, it's actually, well, Desperate Housewives was massive, wasn't it, when it came out? But yeah, him and yeah. him and my sister-in-law watch it, and they've been telling me to watch it for years. And I've met a bunch of mutual people now that also say it's great. So I think I'm going to probably start it once I finish Gilmore Girls. That's going to be the next one on the list. I'm just working my way through <laughs> Every, the classic sitcoms. Everything that any listener needs to know about Will in a, in a sentence there. <laughs> once I finish Basically, Gilmore Girls, I'm moving on to Desperate Housewives. Basically sums up all my interests just to American sitcoms, good old-fashioned viewing. There you go. Talking of American sitcoms, we are on a tangent now. Um, have you Let's seen uh, that Ted Lasso one that's just Ted, come out? Ted Lasso. It's, I... um, oh, stars Jason. It's got Jason Sudeikis in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw a trailer for it, but I, I haven't. I haven't seen anything else about it. Why have you watched it? Or yeah, I've seen the first couple of episodes, and it's really good. I, I really? quite like it. Yeah, he plays an American who knows nothing about football and ends up managing a Premier League team. Wow, that's a good concept. Um, and it's he's very, very likable. It? It's uh, if, I think it's about half an hour an episode. So always love that. I'd recommend. Like, yeah. So is he a bit of like a bit of a goofball, or is he like a bit of like an arrogant kind of? Oh, I don't need to know the sport to succeed, kind of thing. No, no he's like this really wholesome guy who just loves coaching and wants to make people better. Oh wow, okay, that's not what I was expecting. That sounds yes. really good. I'll have to try and check it out. Yeah, I did see the trade, I think, on Sky Sports, actually, when I was watching. Yeah, I think they were, they've were. they been playing it during some of the football matches yeah, recently. Yeah, that's probably um, where I've seen it. But yeah, so, okay, on to my second question. Let's roll. Getting right back on track. Um, <laughs> what was the sign on the side of the vending machine? Oh, man, these are some good questions this week, because eh? I am... 
I went, I went through a visual. You know, mix it up. You've and I went through a visual. The KK, Keen's Cryptonaut. What was the sign on the vending machine? I'm going to go with, I'm going to take an educated guess, and I think it's either going to be, I haven't decided what my answer will be, something about not accepting a coin or a note or um a warning of some description or possibly it's just an advert for something someone stuck a poster on there but um, i'll say it's on the actual side it's not on the front of the vending yeah, machine on the side, side. Yeah. so that's where you maybe put like a poster or something but you also put a warning you wouldn't put a coin thing on there so i'm just going to say it's like a warning sign like warning don't tilt or don't shake or something and then the irony is that ross is doing that um i think it's actually a no smoking sign oh okay well that makes sense like that is a good place to put one but also also like the fact that a no shaking one would have been a very good visual gag it would have been much better actually <laughs> yeah that would have worked quite nicely okay and uh, the third question let's roll what is the name of daphne's date oh okay finally what i do know because i want to <laughs> talk about this it isn't eric the red it's derek the blue <laughs> it is indeed it's derek there we go i want to get i want to talk about this because i've got a theory that maybe derek and eric are the same person but we'll, we'll get to that later um right time for Corey's two questions number one when did Rossi's diet conclude oh oh okay i got this because it's a specific time isn't it it is is it 11.07 this morning? Oh, well played. Is that, right? yes. that is really good, that is. 11.07 this morning. Excellent work there, excellent work. Okay, question two. What percent return does Fraser's bank promise him? Oh, okay, the bank and not the investment in the company. Yeah, it's the bank. Okay, I think Niall says you can go back to that 2% that your banker offering He does you. indeed. Can you, can you remember what adjective he uses to describe that 2%? Oh, um... Cozy? Cozy, I'm not sure. cozy spot on. Is cozy, it cozy? Cozy spot on, yes. The word wow. we love on this podcast, um, but a cozy 2%. So, Keith, if I'm not mistaken, I think you've just got a grand slam. Five out of five there on Trivia Corner. Really, really big moment for me. Moment. I might add some fanfare in over a post-production. We'll see. I'll leave it as a surprise for you. Um, okay, let's hop over to the review. Animation watch, of course. What was it? Oh, oh, was it the lift going up? It was the elevator on the space, and they also a little bit of a classic. I can't remember what was last week's the skyline windows again. I want to say last week's was, I think, lights coming on. I think it was, yeah. So the elevator always kind of, them two kind of go together. So it, it follows, and it, it, you know, it, it's on the next episode. We open in KACL. Now, it always feels like things are right with the world when a Fraser rep starts in KACL. I remember a period of this podcast, we were kind of bemoaning the fact that there was hardly any KACL openers. And... I, I think it would have been an interesting... I get why they didn't do it, but I think it would have been an interesting consistency thing across the series if they'd open in KACL every episode, even if only for a minute. Just, I don't know I don't know why, but I love I love when we open there because I'm just like, ah, oh, okay, this is, you know, I know what's going on here. I'm not lost. I can anchor to whatever celebrity is calling. Um, a rare absence of Roz in the booth and kind of Frasier shimmying onto the console. I really love his kind of physical comedy here. And then we have the the great, you know, Violence in the Workplace book. Is this a book that you have considered reading at your own workplace? Can you can you say that? I, I don't. I, I I obviously, for everyone listening, love my workplace, <laughs> all of my colleagues, and I, I would never ever you would never take. Violence. What's his name again? Lamone. Lamont Myman and Lamont me, we're Myman. very different people. <laughs> <laughs> You've never been tempted to, you know, just kind of go postal and uh, flip over some desks. <laughs> Go postal. Go postal. We've used that in a different um, in a different episode actually. And John Beale, who's been on the podcast before, he did say he he would love to speak to an actual postman 
or you know, are they called postman in in the US or is it a postie or? I don't know, I don't know if in America. And again, I apologise to America. Mailman. I think mailman yeah, is mailman. what I. Um, yeah, mailman. So I'd love to speak to one to see if they um get offended by that because I was never really familiar with where the term came from. But obviously, I think it is you know. It's got its roots in some kind of, I don't know, yeah, rebellion protest within the postal service where some kind of violence ensued. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've heard a lot of jokes about like postmen just sort of snapping one day and going on a, a killing spree. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was one individual oh. postman, in which case it's even worse that we're tarring them all with the same brush. But, you know. Very true. Well, very true. Very true. So <laughs> if any postmen are listening, please just, you know, put us right. Um, we have Roz attacking the vending machine here. I don't know if this surprises you. I mean, Roz is a strong person, but she's surprisingly strong here. Like, she's moving that vending machine basically off the floor. Yeah, I mean, I, in fairness to her, she's been on this uh, magazine diet for seven days. And yes. at that stage, you the rage is real. The rage know. is real. I mean, I mean, the, have the, you the ever shot. dieted, Kay? Have you ever, or have you ever been around someone dieting and have seen this kind of irritability? I mean, I don't. You'd never ever need to go on a diet. You know, you are <laughs> you are a slim ass. But you know, have you ever have you ever been around people like this? Um, I don't think I've ever been around people. Certainly not anyone who's followed like a magazine diet or a set diet. Mm -hmm. I've been around people who have said, "Oh, I'm eating healthy. I'm eating salad every day." Yeah, and then and then they steal half of my chips at dinner. Yeah, I was gonna say you eat salad for your meal. You're gonna just be starving. I don't know how people exactly. do it, you know. Um, and, and for me, I think with dieting, I think you have to be careful because if you because yo-yo dieting and thing like that is the worst thing you can do. It's oh, better yeah. just to stay at one weight, whatever that weight is, than to go up and down, up and down. Completely, um, you know. I'm a big believer in everything in moderation. You know, just yeah. enjoy the whole kind of gamut of of things. Um, but, you know, try and, you know, get some physical exercise in where possible. I know it's not possible for everyone. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm a big believer. I think that's the problem with these sort of magazine diets is that they look to get a quick result. Big time. You then... can't lose like, weight in a week. Like any no. kind of, you know, t tangible weight there. That's just madness. Um, and if you do, it's not a healthy way to lose weight. No, so. no, you, you probably, they probably like ask you to fast and things like that. In fact, I've just seen a video on Twitter of some guy who fasts all the time, and then he then eat for 23 hours, and in the final hour, I can't even tell you what he ate, but basically he ate two and a half thousand calories in an hour, but it was just disgusting. It was like an entire roast chicken, um, about 10 jello pots or whatever they're called. Just mad. I mean, remember I... Atkins diet was huge when I was a kid. I remember like, that was like our parents' is kind of thing it was massive and that's where you like you don't eat carbs or something you replace the carbs so say you're having steak and chips you basically replace the chips with another steak that's literally how the diet works and it's just it's it's baffling yeah i mean i know there's another one i think where you have to eat really healthy for five days and then for two days a week you can eat what you want that just um, sounds like good sense <laughs> yeah that's pretty much just my life i don't eat much during the week and then the weekend i try and make up for it now on the weekend it's just sausage and beans in a can all the way to, all the way to the bottom um, I, love, I mean, you had beans for the first time last night, didn't you? I did, yes, listeners. If you, you probably don't follow me on Twitter, so you won't know. But I had baked beans, um, Heinz beans, for the first time in my life yesterday. Um, I've always been put off by them because they just look a bit revolting and like <laughs> they, they make everything soggy, like on a full English. If they come in a separate bowl in a full English, like they do at some kind of upmarket places, I'm all about that. Um, but yeah, kind of generally. Um, I mean, speaking of disgusting food, and kind of disgusting table manners. 
amazing physical comedy is Roz sucking the chocolate off these chocolate-covered raisins and spitting them into a cup here after she's got them from the vending machine. The way she says, I'll just suck the chocolate off is fantastic. <laughs> I don't understand Niles's line here. All those years of finishing school really paid off because it, it strikes me as a really dirty joke, but I can't quite work out what specifically is being intimated. Do you have any more I on this? I mean, they were created from different angles for me. I, I think of finishing school is like to become a lady, and he's just ah. saying that she's behaving in an unladylike fashion. Is that what finishing school is? I, I, it's yeah. not a term I'd ever heard before, so can you, no, I think can you know a little bit more about it? Um, I'm probably not using the correct terminology, but I think like back in the day, you would send a young lady to finishing school so that she was all ready to go out into society and like, like a debutant. Yeah, kind yeah of. debutant, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's my wow. understanding. It's that like makes manners sense. and etiquette and stuff like that. Yeah, because the the the, um, the laugh track is kind of it laughs, but it's not like that kind of a, you know ooh, when it's a when it's a very clearly like pointed joke or maybe a dirty joke, and it doesn't have that here. So I was just like, I don't quite get this, but it's I don't think I was think I was overcomplicating it. It's a good line, but it's probably not got as much to it as I thought. So we have like Niles coming into Fraser's booth, tells him about this exciting investment uh, opportunity. Surprisingly, I thought one of the questions from someone, either you or Hamish or Corey, might have been what's the name of the investment company, but then they do mention it a lot in the episode. Like it probably gets name dropped five times or so. So yeah. is it Meadow Meadowwood property or Yeah, Meadowwood properties. I considered having it as one of mine and then they mentioned it again, I think, a couple of times when they were in Dukes. Yeah, I mean Martin says those bastards yeah. or those SOBs at, yeah. at Meadowwood property. And I think once you hear it that third or fourth time, you start to think Maybe not. But yeah, he's not missing this. Yeah, he's not but missing this. But I, I tell you what, I you think, go, you go. I, was say, I think in this scene, I think Roz gets Niles spot on. She does. His, you know, his relationship with Maris, and that's why he's so keen to make his own money. Mm. She, she is. Uh, I think at one stage, um, I think I mean, Fraser might have said it about about Roz is that for a lay person, she really knows how to cut through the crap. He says that I, in this episode. I know he says that in this yeah. episode about Daphne, but the, about um, Daphne, but, but it's the but same with Roz. He works. He works with Roz. Yeah. Like, I've picked my zinger of the week is, you know, stop feeling like a financial eunuch and regain a shred of his former manhood. Because, like, as you say, that just cuts completely through it. And she, for someone, she's never met Maris. She, you know, she barely knows Niles still at this point. That, you know, they have kind of elevated their relationship a little bit more. So she buys him a coffee later on in this episode, for example. Um, so they have come on leaps and bounds from Niles forgetting her name all the time. But, uh... Yeah, like, you know, she doesn't know them physically that well, but yet she, she knows entirely what his relationship is like. And I feel like him and her and Frasier don't talk about it that much either. So it's always an interesting one how she's got such insight into their marriage. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel, I sort of get the vibe that Frasier probably talks about Maris quite a lot off air. I would get that. Yeah, the, I get that. The same vibe. way that Martin talks about Lilith when, uh, <laughs> when he was at Duke's. Yeah, I love that chorus of Lilith. Lilith. What was, it, what was her name again? <laughs> Lilith. Lilith. Um, so Meadowwood properties are building some mini malls. Uh, what's, what mini malls? We have them in the in the UK, but we really just call them like a shopping centre, or um, or they normally have like names. So there's one near us called Touchwood. There's another one called Rope Walk. So they normally have like an actual name that we would refer to them as. Um, but what what are your vibes key of kind of mini malls generally because obviously they're a massive part of american culture and i'm fascinated by them in many ways but i'd love to know you know do you enjoy going for a mooch about in one of them um i do but it depends when like, i don't enjoy it around christmas when it's rammed and yeah 
I'm, I don't want to have to try and break my stride every few seconds because I'm trying to get out of the way or, or avoid someone. I do hate that. I'm normally trying to overtake people because I've got such ridiculously big legs that like my strides are like twice the length of a normal human being. So I'm like, get out of my way. You're in the way. But then you get stuck in an aisle. You're in someone else's way. Um, so yeah, not like a fully pleasant experience for you. But well, I mean, at that time, but I, I am someone who generally quite enjoys window shopping. Oh, I don't. Time. I I quite like as as we've already established in this episode, I'm quite tight with money. So <laughs> I like looking at things that I'd like, but not actually spending money on them. Yeah, the pressure of um of not having to buy anything, but just being able to you know look in a window. So oh, maybe one day. I mean, I, I will say I love being in them around Christmas, especially if it's a nice shopping centre because I love the decoration. Then it feels really festive. There's that vibe in the air. Everyone's kind of you know shopping for, for their families or whatever. Um, although you know there are massive issues with how overboard everyone goes, kind of capitalism-wise around Christmas. Um, but you know I, I I like that vibe. But I'm with you. Busyness kind of puts me off um, and i don't go that often to be fair um but i do feel like they're less prominent in in the uk than they are in the us i'm, I'm thinking the kind of the big swan song for for um mini malls or malls in general recently was on stranger things i don't know if you've watched stranger things you'll obviously be familiar with it as a show the third season was basically set all in it was called the star court mall and it was basically this huge throwback to like 50s americana like a huge kind of sprawling glass atrium neon signs you know dunkin donuts inside and like milkshake bars and really great set design um I didn't watch the TV show. I only watched like season one. But yeah, malls come up a lot in like coming of age films and stuff as well. Like they're in a lot of American films. So yeah, I think there's a very much like a sort of aura about malls in American TV. Mm. But I, see, I don't particularly like big shopping centres because I was living in London. I wasn't too far from like Westfield shopping. Oh yeah, I, see, I, I don't know anything about Westfield. I wouldn't even be able to tell you if you showed me a picture of five shopping centres. I wouldn't be able to tell you which one Westfield is. I don't even know what it looks like. Is it like a no, massive indoor? thing or yeah it's a massive massive shop I, th- I have a feeling it could be or at the time may have been the biggest in europe something like wow. that wow and because i think it was built possibly just before the 2012 olympics oh wow so it's basically like when you're here in london come and shop kind of thing yeah or at least it was redone or something happened but yeah, um facelift maybe yeah but i it was too big for me i was getting lost it took me i had to go i was trying to find a, a something for my phone it took me at least 45 minutes to find it the e-shop <laughs> the irony um yeah like um i was gonna say yeah like the mall of america is a thing in the us as well i'm not sure if this still exists i have a feeling in fact i'm gonna google it i, I have a feeling it was in michigan um but I'm, i might be or minnesota one of the two um, I'm just going to look. It's in Minnesota. So the Mall of America is a shopping mall located in Bloomington, Minnesota. Um, I have a feeling, yeah, it's one of the largest shopping malls in the world, according to Wikipedia. Opened in 1992. Um, it is 5 million square feet. Jeez. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm not very good with kind of floor size. So I have no idea what that is, but yeah it's massive basically i mean we have resorts world near us i forgot about resorts world it's kind of like a gigantic version of the ball ring meets the resorts world that's interesting well a lot of people would notice the shops or or the deals but you noticed the space (laughs) (laughs) almost like you spent a lot of time in prison (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah if we're ever in the minnesota area key we should certainly go there at christmas and and see if we have a good time there because from the sounds of it we 
wouldn't. Um, I, I also feel that, and I could be completely wrong in this, that American malls are a bit more comprehensive than our shopping centers. So I feel like they have banks and things like that in their malls. Yeah, they've, they've you... got everything you need in them, haven't they? Yeah, whereas our shopping centers are very much food, clothes, but it's not, in like a not professional shop. yeah not yeah. professional services no professional services very lacking in them um and they normally just get closed as soon as they open anyway because it's just not the way the economy is going but um speaking of fraser getting two percent in his bank two percent interest that is interest we can only dream of in our current time <laughs> I was thinking now, I was like, oh, give me 2% right like, now. I, 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 I mean, most of my, I invest in premium bonds. Are you familiar with how premium bonds work? Yeah, I am, yeah. Yeah, so I, I basically just put my money away in there, and I barely ever win, though I did get a small win um, last month, which was nice. But, you know, I quite I quite like that, the little raffle every month to see if you win, like a little little cheeky 25 or 50 quid or something. It's way more than I'd earn in a bank, but uh, but there you go. Back at KCL after after the, uh, back at Fraser's apartment, rather, after Nars's kind of in Proposal to Fraser at KSCL about investing in Meadowood properties. Daphne is getting all dressed up for a date. Both Martin and Fraser are kind of perving over her, like, you know, oh, thank you. And like, Fraser is like clearly loving this dress. Um, I love the name of her perfumes. I've, I remembered Forbidden, but I can't remember the other one. Heather. Heather. There you go. Yeah. I mean, if you offer these two, Kiva, one to wear for yourself, which do you think you'd go for? It, honestly, it depends. During the week, I'd be wearing Heather. Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> when you let your proverbial hair down, it's, uh, it's, it's forbidden all the way. Um, but I will say, just before we have this moment with, with Daphne and the guys, hmm. I really, really like the first line in this scene is Martin um, being really pleased because he's found a voucher for 25 cents off Butterbud's imitation utter. Um, yes. And I love that you see that comparison between Martin and Niles and Fraser in the previous scene, whereas they're talking about trying to make a, a 12% net return. And he's just so pleased that he's got 25 cents off. off. That's such a good point. I've not even thought of that. Like that he's cutting coupons out or whatever. Yeah, like the complete disparity between the two of them. Yeah, obviously very deliberate. That's a really good observation. And then Fraser says, I can, I can taste the scampy now. Does he mean... I can taste it because of all the crap they put into the butter to make it imitation butter. Or does he mean, I can taste the scampi that I will butter with this imitation butter? Um, I, I took it as the second one. Really? Um, so, so bizarrely, I always take it as the first. I didn't know you buttered scampi, but... Um, or maybe, like, you don't put butter in batter, do you? Or do you? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, we could just be making idiots for ourselves at this stage. We I really don't know. I mean, uh, we're not chefs by any stretch of imagination. I've never uh, professed to know how to make the perfect scampi, though I did have it about three nights ago, so there you go. Are you a fan of scampi, Kay? I don't mind scampi, actually. Like, it's this a little is... bit weird, isn't it? Like... Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. Like, it's one of those foods, I always feel that when you have it, you, you think you're not going to enjoy it, and then you're pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I need a lot of ketchup with it, I think. You expect it to be like a fish chicken nugget, and then you bite into it, and it's like it's like almost like a prawn thing inside. But, you know, that's for a, for a different podcast. So <laughs> Daphne's going on a date with Derek. I initially heard it as Eric and was like, all the bells were going off about, you know, would you like to come over to the counter and try my special blend? <laughs> I've got to get that quote in. Um, and I was thinking, have they misremembered his name? But also, no, because he broke up with her in Midwinter's Night's Dream, didn't they, or something. So I was like, I, I had this weird alternate universe thing going on. Are they the same person? But I mean, we, I don't think we ever see Derek, do we? And is, is this the only episode he's mentioned in? Off the top of my head, yeah, I think yeah. I don't think we have another reference to Derek. But I, I really, we have two 
really nice little bits that I like in this. One is uh, Daphne's line, it takes more than three dinners to get bangers and mash with Daphne Moon. Such a good line. And the way she opens the door and Niles is there as she finishes like bangers and mash. I was just and... like in the other episode when, uh, with the, the uh, no, was it Elaine coming for dinner? It's like, oh, banger, dad. <laughs> yes. Such a good one. It's a joke that they did really well. And it's, it, 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 well, obviously in this instance, it works very, very well with Daphne being English, but it, it, the delivery of it's really nice, and just like the, the the use of space with the way that she opens the door, as you say, with Niles, I think it works really, really well. But I also love the fact the way Niles delivers the line is that forbidden when he smells her. Oh, it's so good just, in every he, sense of the word. <laughs> yeah, he instantly gets it. Frazier doesn't skip a beat. It's just it's it's so so well delivered. It is. Um, without getting graphic here, okay, uh, we can keep this nice and brief. Do you think the UK adheres to the same third date rule that the US has? Because that is very common in US film and TV, the third date rule. Do you think we, we subscribe to social mores, as Frazier says, like that over here? Or do you think it's a little bit more kind of up in the air? I, see, I, think, I always think of the three date rule. And this could be completely wrong as someone who hasn't, you know, been gone on a date in many years. Yeah. <laughs> but I always think, I think it was quite a 90s thing. Because mm. with, and I think a lot of, I, I sound really old, I'm not that old, but I was going to say a lot of the kids <laughs> these days on the, on the dating apps. Um, I, I don't know, did they go on conventional dates these days? I, I don't think, know. I think they still do, but I think, I think, you know, liberation as it is has kind of come in on in leaps and bounds, and I think people are are way less beholden to these, you know, slightly archaic dating rules and things like that. So I think I agree with you. Actually, I think nineties is probably a good shout. It's quite of its time. Um, I think these days, expecting something like that from someone after three dates, you know, you you you're basically going to get like cancelled on Twitter or something. You know, like yeah. this this creep did this to me or whatever. Um, yeah, you know, I think, I think I fair think... enough. If nothing else, I think the lines of what is a date and what is just sort of hanging out mm. is, is probably a lot more blurred than it was back in the day because I think these days people probably Netflix and chill or, yeah, you know, very, I, well, That is I not a phrase I never hit, thought I'd hear you use on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, you, I interrupted you, you finished. I mean, I was just going to say, if, um, if Frasier is not on Netflix in the UK, but if it was... We could we could always watch an episode of Netflix and show well. But you're asking me. To... <laughs> <laughs> I hope Sean's not listening, mate. <laughs> Man, I think this is forbidden, okay? <laughs> in every sense of the word. Well, I'm uh... sorry, I can't be as restrained as the royal family. <laughs> I've made a note of that line because that takes on a whole new meaning in recent light. With uh, I don't want to get into it, but Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein. You've probably all seen the news. So that line is just kind of, you know, the royal family have always had a bit of a reputation, but uh, I won't dwell on that any further. But it's certainly a funny line that, you know, 20 years on or whatever, it's still got a, some very just kind of disturbing meanings. Fraser and Niles here trying to decide what what. Had you ever heard this word before this episode? Because it was definitely the first time I heard it. I honestly, I was looking at this, I was like, what, what are they saying? Are they saying what or, or what? I have no, what, what? What is it? What is a small restaurant or nightclub, um, according to, to Google. Um, but I have no idea where it comes from. If it's a class thing and, you know, it's like 
that's what people of Nars and Frasier's class call them. Um, or whether it's like a metropolitan thing and you could, you know, in a city like Seattle where you have so many restaurants, maybe it's like a, a way of distinguishing certain restaurants from others in a in a, met, um, a metropolitan area. Um, I just, I don't know, but it's a very satisfying wordplay going on here. But yeah, I mean, if you were, do you think you know any Boats, Kay? Have you ever been to a Boat from your, if you were going to pick something from a, a local restaurant, maybe? I don't think I have, but no. I don't think I have either. I, I don't know. Um, it's, uh, maybe we should try and go to a fancy restaurant and, you know, see if it's what standard. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds good to me, mate. Uh, we'll uh, record a podcast episode in there. <laughs> um, all these all these pie-in-the-sky plans we have for podcasting in a pub, podcasting in a what, <laughs> podcasting in the Mall of America. So they're naming some what's here. And Fraser says, Papillon. Do you know what Papillon is French for, Kay? Another it, French trivia question. I could be completely wrong in this. I thought it was butterfly. It is. Um, is I, it I, I'll, I'll double check, um, but I'm I'm almost certain it is. In fact, I can't French. Let me let me Google. <laughs> Did you say I? Oh no, I I can't French. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a butterfly. Um, I don't know if it's a type of butterfly or it's French for butterfly or. You know, there you go. But Papillon, yeah, butterfly. Um, quite a nice name for a boat, I think. It sounds pretty. Um, sounds pretty upmarket. Great line from Martin here. This gets kind of posted a lot on the on the forums. You know, what am I speaking Swahili here when he's invited Fraser and Niles to to Dukes for a beer? Um, the picture of them when they they well not the picture the kind of still frame of when they turn around to look at Martin, shocked that he's asked them for a beer. I have seen this image quite a lot on kind of reddit and twitter and fraser fan club because it was there was quite a famous face swap someone did where they literally in that image they swapped both of their faces and they both still look exactly the same and it was just to highlight how incredible the casting is and the way they sit back on the couch and they both reach for their mouths as well which was obviously deliberate in the script it's just they they honestly look like brothers and like my mom when she watched this for the first time about you know a year ago she was like you know are they related i was like no no you know they're not related but how amazing is the casting oh it is oh, and especially if you see pictures of kelsey when he's a bit younger god you, it's spooky you could it? be yeah it, it's almost identical to david Hyde Pierce. It's, it's remarkable and um obviously that was obviously they originally were not going to have a character of niles and they weren't going to have a brother mm-hmm. and it was because they saw someone i think showed them a i don't know if it was a clip or something of david Hyde Pierce. And they they just thought he, he was so similar to, to Kelsey, and thank God he was because can you imagine this show without him? It, Honestly, it would have been yeah, entirely it, entirely different and wouldn't it would have anywhere such a different flavor, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would never have reached a standard that it did. No, um, no, they complement each other so well, and they 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 just constantly improve each other um, by being around. So I just I love this particular scene anyway because you know you have Martin kind of reaching out and the significance that this kind of holds for them that he comes back to at the end, you know, that my son put yeah. so much stock in a single beer. Great line. What I really like from John Mahoney is the way, the way he delivers in the invitation because in, obviously for, for Fraser and Niles, this is a very significant thing. And I suspect that for Martin, it's probably a bit more significant than he lets on. I know we later yeah, on, I he definitely says, agree there. Oh, you know, it's just a beer. But I think that's probably him just, you know, not necessarily wanting to admit That's what it doing means. That's uh, being bashful, isn't it? The ah shucks, you know, kind of. Yeah. Oh, I definitely think he, he puts more stock in this. 
Um, the significance think... of the fact it's his, it's going to be his last time at Duke's, although he does, they don't know that, but he does. And the fact that he extends the invitation then, I think takes an even more meaning. Yeah, and it's, it's like he wants a two-part of his life, his life to come together a little bit. Yeah, um, massively, in, in a, because they'll never be able to do it again as well. Yeah, and but I've, I think the delivery is so good because he... It's a bit like when you, you sort of, I don't know, put on an accent or something to say something that's uncomfortable for you to try and get through it. And then he goes, you too, at Duke's, with me, a beer, if you want. <laughs> if <Jeez>. you want. <laughs> it, it is. It's just, it's, it's like he's forcing himself to say it because he doesn't know how to deliver it normally. And it's so yeah, well yeah, done. He's, he's deferring to comedy, isn't he? Because he's, he is awkward, like, asking them. Um, that's a really good observation there. And just, yeah, and then like da and then the way they kind of analyze it with Daphne, and she's like, you know, you pair of wallies, you know, he just wants a beer with you. Again, I, I just think that's Daphne not twigging like we are, that, you know, maybe mine, well, there was more to it than meets the eye there. Great cheers throwback on the title card where nobody knows their name. I mean, do they honestly wear suits everywhere? Because like showing up at a bar like that in suits and trench coats, you know, they're, they're dressed in probably like a thousand pound, a thousand dollars worth of clothes. Um, it just surely when they know they're going to a bar for a beer with their dad, they might have dressed down a little bit. Yeah, a, a suit is one of those things that if everyone else is wearing a suit, it can feel great, it can look great. If you're wearing a suit and no one else is, you feel so overdressed. You really do, unless you can somehow just kind of fake it till you make it and just feel super confident in what you're gonna get. You know, you're gonna be so conspicuous. Um, I, I love like their first observations of Martin when they come in. You know, look at him holding court is a great phrase. Um, the way he's kind of just there. You know, they're all hanging on his every word, as Frazier says. And then just the introduction and stuff. Now they all know Frazier and Niles kind of getting sidelined. I always feel really sad in that moment. But then you know, he married money. <laughs> so good. Um, and Niles obviously just doesn't care that that's what it takes to ingratiate him with the bar. He's like, yeah, you know, well, I did marry money, so get me a beer. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's. It must, it must be a really, really nice moment for Frazier and Niles that. They, ne they don't necessarily feel that they have maybe that this great relationship with their dad. Or mm -hmm. certainly, you know, go back to the first episode of this show and Frazier certainly doesn't feel that he has a great relationship with Martin. Yeah. And they are just finding out here that Martin has spent all these nights that he's gone to Dukes and he's not been with them. And, they've, you know, it's always been his place. He's been there talking about his kids and talking about his family. So he's clearly very proud of them. Yeah, um, that's a really lovely observation, actually, because I, I, that, that really it's underplayed in this episode. Like All these details about the fact they all know Lilith in a chorus, and they all know these details. Oh, I'm sorry she screwed around, you know, that you, Lilith or whatever. I think it was Lilith or Cheetah, I can't remember. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the fact that they know those details, it, it is underplayed. The fact that, as you've said, it actually kind of betrays Martin's real sincerity for them and the fact that he was there all that time just talking about them because you know yeah he cares about them he loves them as, as becomes evident in, in kind of this and, and the previous episode as well you know flower shard so I just it would have been nice to have a few more little even just two to five minute segments of, of Martin on his own in Dukes you know and we could have had a few like really small little cameos a bit like Lenny and Carl or something in the Simpsons you know there might have been regular characters he speaks to in there about his troubles or something um you know that would have been nice but I understand why you know we can't have everything you know they have to cut things out yeah I mean it might have been nice to be honest to have had an episode before this one 
of Martin on his own in Duke. In, that would have been so good. Yeah. Where and maybe like the characters coming in and out, but it's mate, it's just him staying there for the whole episode. A bit like my coffee with Niles. My beer with Duke. Yeah. Well, actually, what I'd have really liked is maybe that Frazier or Niles come to meet him or pick him up and they have to wait outside because they don't go in. Hmm. And then I feel that this episode, when they're invited in, it would have been an even bigger moment that yeah. they're going in inside. That would have been so good. In fact, I'm going to pencil that in as a uh, potential lost episode of Frasier for my, uh, we go. my Secret 24 season. My beer with Duke or in some respect. I love that idea. Um, and yeah, it just... Uh, the ending to this episode, obviously I'm not going to spoil anything and skip ahead, but um, the, when they're in Dukes, has uh, a real pathos and gravity to it. It's really lovely. But we, you know, we don't really get Martin's attachment to Dukes up to this point. So we don't feel as devastated for him we, as we may have done if we'd had that episode you just described where we see him in there chilling talking to his friends enjoying you know it's his sanctuary it's his place to get away from the petty annoyances of everyday life um as I mean, us. I mean, basically yeah. us um so yeah i think that would an episode like that would have, would have slotted in so nicely here um yeah. without being I, you know mean to the episodes we have reviewed I look at an episode like The Unkindest Cut of All, and I think, you could have cut that. You could have, yeah, you could have cut that. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean, how good would that have been? You know, then you had really strong opening four episodes or five episodes. Yeah, and I think that what they do in a very, very well in this episode is they really show the relationship that Martin has with Jukes. Mm. But I don't think we, as the viewer, have that relationship because... No, we don't. It's just, it's so, so difficult when... I think most casual viewers are probably thinking, well, you know, he's, he's mentioned McGinty's, he's mentioned Dukes, you know, just go to the other one. They, mm. you know, you don't, you know that obviously it's a special place to Martin, but because you've never seen it and it's just this place that he goes off screen, you don't have that relationship. So the end doesn't have that, that same impact that it could have had they approached it in a different way. Albeit that said, it is still a really, really nice and meaningful ending, I think. It is, yeah. Um, and yeah, like his relationship with Duke, you know, he speaks to Duke a lot in later episodes, you know, breaking the ice, you know, I love you, you big lug or whatever, you know. You I know, said love ya. I love yeah. ya, I love ya. Um, so obviously he still keeps in touch with Duke and, you know, Duke comes up a lot. Duke's daughter or niece or whoever it is, Marie, you know, who Frasier's briefly involved with. Um, so the relationship with duke exists but it becomes a bit of a marriage relationship we never ever see duke again as far as i can remember or maybe we do and he's recast i can't quite remember anyone listening who, who might remember another duke appearance please please let us know um but yeah so although we know he loves duke again if we'd had that secret lost episode where maybe that relationship's colored in a little bit more it would have had a bit more gravity but there you go so after the the kind of scene here we we move back to nervosa it's you know it's not been a while since we've been nervosa but it's been a while since a coffee count so i've gone back and checked and i, had, I was telling key before we went on air had a lot of trouble doing this because i hide the coffee count amongst all my other notes on my word documents and i have to go back loads of episodes to find where the last one was and then add them up so this might be wrong um if anyone kind of notices i've completely balls the numbers here then didn't let us know but there's three in this episode obviously ros buys one for herself and fraser and Nars, and that brings the total up to 36 and i've basically done away with the rule that you have to see them drinking it because ros drinks hers fraser and Nars don't drink theirs but obviously the implication is they will drink 
there, can't I? Um, so I've, I've kind of counted theirs. I, I think maybe an episode where it already starts with them, they have one, or maybe it's empty, I won't count. I don't know. These are all stupid arbitrary rules. I'm trying to keep it as consistent as possible so that we have a, a decent number by the end. But anyone who has some ideas for that, let me know. But 36 is the uh, is the coffee can key. I know you missed that last week. Um, Roz, after she buys the coffees, Niles goes, the guilt is driving me crazy. And then she goes, well, you should. You make, me, you make about 10 times more than I do. It's <laughs> such a good line. Is this something you enjoy doing, Key, when you're out with friends offering to buy a round? Or are you a bit wary of getting caught in the whole round cycle and worrying you're not going to get your money back by someone you know leaving before they buy you yours yeah i'm i'm one of those people i don't usually buy the first round no. and then i i buy one of the later ones that's how oh, i get that, around that. that's a good one that's so you can sneak out the back <laughs> <laughs> i'm also one of those people like i'll be like yeah you um i'll give you the money i'm gonna go to the toilet you could you could sort it out and i'll just come <laughs> back and there'll be a drink ready for me that's... that is you're a coy fellow in the book <laughs> in fact i um i was speaking to some of our uh friends from fraser fan club recently um it, I, I made what was a shocking even to me realization to them and they couldn't believe this and so listeners you won't believe this either am i right in thinking key the last time i saw you in person was the 2018 world cup it was it was the day england played sweden I believe. So, uh, people it, uh, people listening to this just just let me repeat that again it has been two years two solid years since i last saw key in person i just did that has that occurred to you at any point recently because that was just it, it blew me away it occurred to me because when um obviously this summer should have been quite a sporting summer we should, we should have, have had the euros had yeah. european championships and we particularly we often meet up when there's a big sports so we, yeah we would have seen each other this summer wouldn't we if the euros have been um, yeah i feel obviously with me i've been working quite a lot and so it's, it's mainly my fault and also, <laughs> no, 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 and also a pandemic no as well that was i was gonna <laughs> say that has quite put a crimp in it but it's just mad like it's just i think it's testament that you know we we see each other maybe once a year for like the last i don't know seven or eight years or whatever um and yet you know i feel like it's no different to when we were like 10 years old like and a lot of people have commented on that you know they can tell we've known each other for as long as we have yeah it is, it is mad for me the moment i realized how close our friendship was and this is getting again we're going off to tangents but just do it um, man. people like obviously because we've known each other since we were about three years old we've got you're yeah. my oldest friend definitely oh i appreciate that man. um and when i went to uni in london that was probably the first time we went a fair chunk of time without seeing one another that was a, that was a long time yeah yeah it was probably at least like a year year and a half Pro- probably like yeah i mean i think i saw you once um once during your undergrad maybe or once or twice yeah. i remember time. i i came back from london on a reading week mm-hmm. and uh, you and a couple of our mutual friends were going to the pub and i tagged yes. along and i thought man this might be really awkward because it's been so long since i've seen any of the guys and all this and yeah. we just we sl- honestly it felt like i'd never been away it's, honestly yeah we just slip into conversation it's usually a simpsons reference or the villa <laughs> or something and it's just yeah you know it's like you've just never been away so it is, it is amazing really testament to facebook and the fact we still chat on there but you know i feel like when you've, you've known each other as long as we have you know it doesn't it, we could go 10 years without chatting and i'm sure it'd be the same you know once we saw each other so there you go we are like martin and duke only we see we each other. in fact we probably see each other as often as they do if not less <laughs> 
So another great zinger from Ross, uh, from Niles here, where <laughs> it's like, you know, Fraser's like, oh, maybe we're doing a service. One men with guns will have one less place to go get liquored up, <laughs> to which Niles responds, there's always one. Like, <laughs> such a good line. And I just like the fact, again, Niles is like getting his little barbs in with Ross. Their relationship's kind of grown a little bit here. And I think it's qu- it's not it's not super rare, but it's actually quite an extended moment for them three to just sit talking and have a coffee. Like, those three aren't normally around a table that often like in Navosa and chatting about genuinely serious things. Yeah, I, I, what I actually find a little bit strange about this bit is when Niall says, there's always Roz this place, mm. Roz says, comes back with, what do you say about me when I'm not around? Yes. And Niles doesn't respond to that at all. He just goes straight, he just changes the, the course of the conversation right back to the yeah. issue with Martin. I find it a bit weird that he doesn't come back to that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's a weird one. Maybe it's just like uh, they want Roz to have like the last joke in that in that little exchange or something, you know. Otherwise, it might be like Niles dominating. Or, I don't know. But I, I um, kind of, I vaguely like subconsciously had noticed that. I think um, it is weird how he kind of leaves that that gap. But I, it, it's nice to see them kind of seeking solace and advice in Roz. Um, not something they do often, but and I think we learned why they don't do it. <laughs> yes, Roz has a very disturbing story of infidelity that she shares with them but other than you know not in this instance but often when they do come to Ross for advice she actually like Martin has some really kind of down home wisdom for them all that actually you know is is really kind of useful so you know I do like I like that when they lean on Ross a little bit title card sleepless in Seattle with the brackets you knew we had to do it eventually what year do you think uh, do you think rather that film came out okay you take a guess if this okay. episode airing ninety four, this will be ninety four, won't it? Because Frasier began in ninety four. My instinct, and this is probably wrong, is eighty seven. Eighty seven. Is that what you're going to go with? I am. Um, originally, I was going to go with ninety seven. Thought no, the dates don't add up on that. So <laughs> that. Well, according to Google, it was nineteen ninety three, which is probably less than a year before this episode aired. So I do not understand the brackets. You knew we had to do it eventually. Like, the film is barely, you know, has barely been out. It's probably not even on DVD or, well, VHS at this point. So it doesn't make sense to me. It's almost like they've time-traveled. It's almost like that joke has been put in retrospectively. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think... Would you... Would writers have thought to do that with a film that had been out less than a year? You know, unless it was absolutely massive. I know it was popular, but... This, I just don't quite get this. Well, what I would say, I'd say, one, I think it depends on how big the film is. If it was an absolute phenomenon, and it could have been, I, I don't know. I think I've it was fairly massive, but yeah. If it was uh, a phenomenon, then maybe. But what I've also just realised, and I did not notice, because again, I've never seen the film. David Hyde Pierce was in Sleepless in Seattle. Yes, I saw someone post a, a picture, actually, the other day um, on Fraser Fan Club. I completely forgot that, so thank God you said it. Um, he is in it. I saw him at, like, a dinner table scene. Um, I don't know who he plays, but so, uh, so a lot going on here that we kind of need to get to the bottom of in some, in some way. Maybe people listening will be able to work that out for me, but, you know, to sum up, those brackets you knew we had to do it eventually it's that word eventually the film's yeah. not even out a year um, and what i find strange just looking at the reception again on wikipedia it was second on its opening week in the box office behind jurassic park okay so it's pretty big it, competing with a big hitter there you would think it was a big hitter it would have gone straight to number one and it, mm. it got you know on rotten tomatoes 6.61 out of 10 it got it seems like it got generally positive reviews but it doesn't seem like it swept the board or anything in terms what? of 
what was it? It's kind you of know. box office on Wikipedia. You know, it says on like the bottom right hand side underneath the poster, right at the bottom of that little box. It normally says the budget in the box office. Budget was twenty one million, mm-hmm. and box office two hundred and twenty seven point nine million. So it's pretty big, you know, especially for the nineties. But in terms yeah. of Academy Awards, it was nominated but didn't win any of them. Hmm. Um, and I think same for the Golden Globes. So yeah, it, it doesn't seem one. like something that became a huge. I, I don't know. Again, people maybe a little bit older than us can would say no, no, it was a huge deal straight away. I yeah, mean, but it, it, it did come out before we were born, which might shock people to people listening. But I think they probably know how old we are by now. But yeah, so if you were around for Sleepless in Seattle's launch, you, you know, you got that it was big. Maybe this makes more sense to you. But I still don't think, even if it was huge, that the the, temp, the temporality here, it not even being out a year, and that word eventually. Just, I don't know why I'm sticking on this, but we'll move on because I'll be here forever. I love kind of Frasier pacing around the apartment at night, explaining himself to Eddie. He's like, you don't understand, Eddie. It's an investment group <laughs> or something like that. And Eddie just running off something just hilarious about him trying to talk kind of finance jargon to eddie and him just him just running off not only have sympathy for fraser here because he is right he would not know what he was investing in oh yeah uh, like he he's not in the wrong at all neither of them are like it, it, martin's martin's response which is hilarious in pouring milk on fraser just the way my john mahoney does that is incredible um but yeah like you invest money you don't know what it, what it's doing what it's knocking down and then they can't back out like it, it sucks but it, they're not at fault here and i think you know they should definitely go, come clean like they do yeah this would go ahead whether they had invested or not they've not exactly driven you this know. forward in any way so yeah, they've not have, knowingly contributed to Duke being knocked down. Yeah, I can see both angles here, and I think Martin gets that as well. You know, there's an annoyance, and he he wants someone to blame at the start, but he mm. knows full well it's not their fault, and I think that's why, you know, he has that very nice moment with them towards the end of the episode. That's a really good show. I think him wanting someone to blame is a really, really good observation. I mean, speaking of martin i don't this isn't something we say often on this podcast actually but there's a joke here that i think deserves a bigger laugh from the studio audience that it doesn't get when he says I, i'm gonna find out you're the one that shot me in the hip um which i think is hilarious just on so many levels i, mean, I don't know if fraser was even born at that point he says i have an alibi so i assume he wasn't born but um even if he was, you know, he would be a kid. I just think it's a hilarious line. And I just think that the studio audience really doesn't register that much with them. It gets like a really tiny little chuckle. And I just think it's one of the funniest lines in the episode, especially Fraser's response. Then Martin's like, you always have an alibi. I just think this exchange is really good. Uh, Martin's reflections on parenting kind of go very deep here. And just how often have we seen this now? Fraser and Martin in the apartment after hours, talking, setting the world the world to rights. It just never gets old, even though we've seen this exact setup about seven or eight times now. Yeah, it's a really it's a beautiful scene in some ways. And but just before I get into that, how when do you reckon Martin actually got shot in the hip? Because I always figured it being fairly within a year or two of the season opener. I always thought oh, it fairly yeah. recent. Oh uh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, I, I don't know why I assumed he was really young because obviously he's just. That's why Frasier kind of comes back, doesn't he? Well, it's one of the reasons, I think. So, yeah, maybe it was only like... It's really, actually, it's a really good question. People listening, love to hear your thoughts on that. When does... Because there's obviously an episode where it flashes back and it probably explains it. But for some I reason, I've gone completely blank. I think in the flashback episode, I think they mentioned him falling in the shower or something like that. Or he goes to visit Martin and in his oh, yeah. apartment. And I... I don't know, I always felt like that was shortly after. That makes sense. The incident, for want of a better term. But 
I could be completely wrong in that. Yeah, so we need to get to the bottom of that. Anyone listening, let us know. I think the episode's called You Can't You Can Go Home Again. Um the flashback episode. So mate, if that helps people, you might be able to figure out what's going on there. But yeah, because for me it feels like he's been shot a long time ago. But in the chronology of the timeline of the show, it makes sense that it was shortly before the show began. So there you go. I'm trying to work speaking of trying to work things out, I'm trying to work out the logistics of how Daphne only has mud on one half of her body. Perfectly. <laughs> Um, so Daphne obviously comes back from a date with Derek. He's a perfect gentleman. It's Derek, according to Daphne. Though they've clearly so been, she turns around. they've clearly been romping with her in the fens and spinnies here. Um, and yeah, she turns around and has mud down entirely one half of her, but not around the other half. Don't understand how that would work in a in a kind of intercourse way. But there you go. Um, it seems in an really, intercourse way. In an intercourse <laughs> way. It just, I just, I just, I get the way they do it because they want to keep like half of her hidden. Yeah. From, you know, but you also got to suspend your disbelief quite quite significantly here. Um, but, um, just before she comes back, I think it is really there's so there's a real raw and vulnerable side to Fraser. I think in this scene when he really says, you know, to me it was validation that I was someone you wanted to hang out with. You know, mm. and I think it's you know not just that you're someone you you know you love because I'm your son, but someone you like as a person, sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this, this 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 whole kind of the, the how much stock Fraser puts in that beer and the the fact it validates him and stuff. Like it's a, the way he says that, and he kind of looks down. There's a real emotional moment there from Fraser. Almost looks like he's gonna cry or something. And it's just like it's a really powerful scene. It's amazing they can keep doing these moments between the two of them and still have them have like a, a new kind of emotional core that we can resonate with us. Um, yeah. And- it's remarkable how it never feels repetitive because it is always, it's always very much a similar structure. They have a very emotional moment and then usually within 30 seconds of something particularly emotional, you have a, a comedic line to sort of lift the mood a little bit. You know, mm. in, in this one, he starts ruffling Martin's hair and says it's, it's annoying him and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's always a similar structure, but time after time after time, they do the emotional side so, so well that you just get sucked in again all over again. It's uh, I completely agree. The fact that it isn't repetitive and Joe Keenan last week, you know, mentioning that, um, trying to keep it from being repetitive. They're very kind of successful in doing that. And I just think, you know, it's... as you um, as you mentioned, Joe Keenan, hmm. um, I don't know if you saw and I think you did. Cause I think I saw it from your Twitter is yes. uh, I think you had an interaction with Richard Osman. He who... did indeed. In oh. fact, thank you for mentioning this because I wanted to bring it up. Do you want to uh, explain what that was? Yeah. So for those of you who aren't um, who don't watch much English television, Richard Osman, <laughs> this is not the bit that's relevant, but Richard Osman, <laughs> he used to be a producer. He's now a very famous presenter of, of a t- or co-presenter of a TV show over here. Very popular, very likable guy. And he said yeah, he on is. Twitter that um, he never understood how much Fraser got paid and how he, you know, he managed his lifestyle and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think Joe Keenan responded and said it was this, that topic was the source of much conversation in in the writers' room. And I think did he say that he had, they always liked the idea that Fraser invested his money? Um, yeah, they basically said yeah, in like tech startup companies. Like I, he kind of was saying it tongue in cheek, but also the idea is that Fraser had invested some money. I might have. Hang on, I don't know if I've read tech startup from someone else. I think someone might have responded jokingly with that. I don't know if that Joe Keenan said that. But yeah, he basically said he thinks Fraser had to invested a lot prior to the show's beginning for him to be able to live the lifestyle he does. Because I was talking about this because he's a huge celebrity 
you know, we've talked about this on another podcast episode. He's a celebrity presenter. He, I thought he might be on like six figures or something, but for the 90s, that's probably too high. But then Bulldog's show is more popular, and Bulldog clearly is not wealthy, and Bulldog is the kind of person who would flaunt his wealth if he had it, but yet he, he doesn't appear to have much money. So they can't be on loads of money at KSCL, which kind of shot my theory all to hell. So maybe he is investing, but yeah, it was a really good interaction, wasn't it? Yeah, um, what was uh, interesting then was some of the, uh, the follow-up theories that some fans had. I don't know oh, if you yeah. saw any of oh, them. Yeah, they were really annoying me in some respects, but also they're quite funny as well. Can you remember what some of them were? I heard one that uh, Fraser is actually a homeless drug addict in Boston and it's all <laughs> happening in his head. It's all in his head. A classic kind of cop-out theory. And Niles represents the clean, uh, innocent, you know, forward-thinking person that he wants to be, is what I saw from one person. Very interesting. I saw another one that he was actually um, embezzling Martin's assets for his own <laughs> his own gain, and he was wow. um, just stealing Martin's finances to fund Completely his own. just underwriting all of his kind of the moral work that's gone into creating this character for the last 15 years or something. Pretty like, much, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that's one that a lot of fans go to is the whole, oh, it's all a dream, and they're actually just homeless on the street because i saw a similar fan theory about friends that mm. um it's all in phoebe's head and that she's homeless and on the street oh that's kind of for some reason it's creepier with imagining it with friends i don't know why phoebe really annoys me i don't want to get into a, a friend's chat here but uh as a character i really really don't like phoebe so th that theory just makes me dislike friends a lot <laughs> um and friends is a show you know i watched a lot as a kid i've got i haven't got bad words to say about friends like a lot of people do these days it's very trendy to dub all over it but yeah very interesting theories but great to see joe keenan interacting and richard osman just said this is like my favorite reply ever joe thanks for responding thanks for such a wonderful show and he was like, oh, you're welcome, Richard. We had so much fun writing it. Basically, he just said exactly the stuff he said in our interview. Just, that, that, yeah, just yeah. ripping off what he said to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, really, really lovely to see that he, that's kind of consistency. He, he wasn't just playing it up. He really did love his time with, with them, I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah. Going back to the episode, if there's anything you want to say further on that point. Oh, uh, no, no, you go. Oh, I'm just conscious. Oh. We're, we're like we're one hour, five minutes now. And we've probably got oh, like, God. we've probably got another, about another five bullet points I've got. But really, the, the end of the episode now and then we've got to do obviously the the, the end of things and listen them out so we are running over a little bit but don't worry don't worry this is what happens when we film in mornings rather than evenings <laughs> <laughs> we're, got, we're full of energy now okay so this next scene they're in they're in jukes the bar's been stripped out and it's frazier and martin singing this is a really really minor point but it always really i don't know it sticks with me why did it like do you know the song oh danny boy that they're singing i am familiar with it and i'm a big big fan now my Whenever I sing the song to myself in the shower, I always think of it <laughs> ending, going deeper, like, I love you so... Like, going deeper. But they go higher pitched, and I don't understand that. I <laughs> wonder if he they're trying to get a harmony, like a barbershop thing, and is he telling Frasier to go high while he goes low to get the Possibly. harmony? Because I love the way he gestures to Frasier to go higher with like his thumb. I always that sticks out to me in this episode. It's just a really nice touch. And I wonder was that part of the script or is that them riffing and ad libbing because it works so well. But yeah, yeah, I'm not familiar with the song as well as you are to, to know how it's meant to end. But that's if I was, you know, trying to make an educated guess, that's probably what I'd say. That's a, no, that's a really good point. And um, I, again, I agree with you. I really like the physical acting. I like the fact that, he, you know, the way he sort of gestures to him to raise his pitch. 
Mm. Um, I really like that. It's just, I don't know, it's always weird to me because I, in the shower, I, I ended up on a lower pitch, personally. Oh, I, I would love to hear that sometime, but not in the shower <laughs> with you, of course. <laughs> in a room outside while you're showering. Um, <laughs> you're just uh, taking a weird turn. <laughs> you started, mate, earlier in the, uh, in the podcast. Uh, um, another reference to Cheers, Fraser mentioning, you know, how hard it was to leave that bar back in Boston. He, he never, ever calls it Cheers. If you like, you notice this. He always says, that bar in Boston basically only ever calls it Cheers in the episodes where they're around, like the extras from Cheers, um, and they come in, not the extras, you know, the characters. Yeah, um, and again, I, I just wonder if that is again them trying to get a little bit of a separate identity to Cheers yeah, rather than name yeah. dropping it. It's just you know that they're, they're winking at it without necessarily saying it. Yeah, because that allows people who aren't familiar with Cheers, which let's be honest, probably would have been not many. They can hear that line and think, "Oh, there's some backstory," without thinking, "Oh, Cheers," as in the TV show. Like, yeah, it doesn't make them pause. But you know, they're there. The amazing line from John Mahoney um, when he says, uh, when when he basically says, "Oh, you know," Frazier says, "You can still see all your friends." Yeah, you know, this doesn't mean you have to stop seeing all your friends or whatever. And then Mike's like, "Yeah, it does." The way Martin says that is amazing because it's so true. Like, I think that's one of the saddest lines in it because it that is what happens if you have a little hangout like that where you meet everyone, and especially if you're at Martin's age and the you know, the average age of the drinkers in there, you lose that. You know, you're gonna lose a massive part of your social life. Um, it's it's not like when you're at school and you know you'll see them the next day kind of thing. It is, you know, he has lost something important here, and that that line for me. Is, is really powerful yeah it's, it's sort of the i think the wisdom of age in a way because i always think of this sort of thing like when you're you're on your last day of school and everyone's like oh we're all going to stay friends we're all still going to see each other mm. uh, and martin having you know gone through his life and gained all this experience and wisdom knows full well it doesn't work out like that no and it, it absolutely doesn't you, you lose the place and and it, you know things change after that so i think it's it is a really sad line in in, in that martin's a bit He's he's honest, he's pragmatic, but it is a bit. It's very sad that he acknowledges that you can't beat life and you can't really beat the system. You know the way he says, "Only a fool tries to fight it." And then enter Niles from stage. Enter Niles, perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, good. Yeah, it, it, I really, actually, I really, really like Niles in this this NC. Just oh, right tomorrow it's Moe's, and then it's Ernie's Tap House Tavern or whatever it's called. I just, yeah. I just he's just here to show there's still a beating heart in the in the chest of John Q. Public. I love the, I love that name, John Q. Public, as like you know the the general term for for, for the little guy. Yeah, and I, I just love how it's we're going to stand up to faceless corporate America. Even when I am Francis <laughs> he looks it's exactly so well like Francis Corbett's America, even there in his suit and his trench coat. He's still not dressed out at all, has he? When he's, when he's standing up for the common man, he's still going to wear his suit and trench coat. In fact, yeah, what is Fraser wearing in this scene? Because it's like two o'clock in the morning, so Wiles Niles got a suit on. Is, it, is, it, is this because he's planning on being there all day as part of the protest? Or I, I, I feel that. Niles has been in quite, I don't know, there's absolutely no evidence for this. I always feel like Niles has been in quite an exclusive wine bar all night or something like that. <laughs> I like that theory. And it's certainly, it's certainly more plausible than it all being in Fraser's head as a homeless yeah. person. But there you go. Um, but I think Fraser is definitely dressed down in this. Yeah, so. I think he is. He's in like his yeah. jumper and his jeans, kind of yeah. miracle on third or fourth street mode. So my kind of last bullet point is do wrecking balls usually have this much slack? Because when it comes through the window, it's like it's been thrown, like, rather than swung in. I, it's kind of the, the slack of the cord that it's attached to. He's, like, spooled on the floor. And I, it was my understanding that wrecking balls are, like, pretty taut on a, on a wire. And, they, you know, they, they're not meant to land. 
they're just meant to keep swinging. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Oh, when when I watched this, I had, there was a part of me that thought, yeah, I think I could take that wrecking ball. I could, <laughs> I could stop I'd this. love to see that game. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It does seem like it, it's like throwing a brick through a window more so than actually demolishing the place. It's 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 quite a strange way of doing it. I don't know if that was a budget thing um, or just yeah, know, it's, but it's it's a really odd one. I, I agree with you. It doesn't it doesn't really come across like a wrecking ball as much as it does a brick. Yeah, for make. sure, for sure. Is this in your top 10? I'm afraid it's not in my top 10. It's not in your top 10. It is not in mine either. But I'm, I'm, I do like this episode a lot, and I'm sure you'd probably agree there. Yeah, it's a heartwarming episode. It's a really, really nice, a really strong Martin episode, I feel. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of it. It's 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 certainly up there, even if it's not in the top 10. For sure. Um, um, we just realised we didn't do our best actor pick for last week um, for Flower Child. And I have picked... Niles, David Hyde Pierce. Who did you go for? So last week, I am completely in agreement with you. I also went for Niles. There we go. I think that one is one of the easier decisions we'll make. Um, but and tell that, me who you've picked this week. Eh? So my pick for this week is John Mahoney. I think, uh, I say it for me, what he's, I don't know, if you probably went through, he's probably in it less than I think, but I think it's a really, I think he really perfectly portrays his relationship to, to Dukes and the attachment that he has to it. And I think mm-hmm. we also really nicely, just that little bit of opening up and, and I think the way he invites the kids to come in with him and, and how he has that moment with Frazier and tries to explain it towards the end. I think it's a really strong moment. I really like the you know the physical comedy with pouring the milk. For me, John Mahoney has a fantastic episode, so I'm, I'm going to give it to him. Well, we both went for David Hyde Pierce last week, Key, and this week we've both gone for John Mahoney. Everything you've just said, in complete agreement. He doesn't have a lot of screen time, but he's brilliant when he's on. And this episode really is about him and the loss of something in his life. And he's just, yeah, he's fantastic. So I have gone for John Mahoney. So if you can drop that down on your tally, that would be mighty fine. The title, Dukes We Hardly Knew Ye, um, other than there being quite a famous folk song, an Irish folk song called Johnny We Hardly Knew Ye, which I think is like a war song. Um, I'm not sure I know another reference here other than it being quite a common expression you know about you know long lost friends or something did you do you have anything more to that no I, I we hardly knew ye does feel like a very common TV trope and it's a line I think you see quite a lot so yeah, I'm, I'm just assuming it, it's a, a play on that but I don't know specifically um, anything that it, it, it's deriving from yeah I think I think it's probably just a play on 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 general kind of idioms because it's it's a pretty common one um i've got to ask you of course key our man on the ground kennedy burling what did he think of this episode please i mean kennedy burling he's a man who likes a good old-fashioned bar he uh he, does. he whiles away the hours he doesn't have a boiler make he's a straight whiskey man i think but um, whiskey man. he's he's very sad to see a little bit of good old-fashioned joe q public america being lost to the faceless machine of corporate america thank you very much key no further explanations needed there thank you for uh, as always kennedy for sure your thoughts with us um good to know he's a whiskey drinker as well i'm a big fan of whiskey key i think we've talked about this before are you a fan of whiskey i like whiskey but it sounds really bad whiskey makes me quite sleepy i can't drink I'd too much whiskey. any alcohol makes me sleepy if i have a beer now i'd be i'd be knackered so it does not make you sound bad at all but uh i'm a big fan of whiskey my dad and i recently went on holiday and i'm the only one who drinks it other than him he loves it and we but we drank like two bottles in in a week um we had a lot of whiskey on the holiday <laughs> um so pretty enjoyable okay key it's time of course for the before we go to listener mail and i've also got another little announcement to make it's time for who's crazy anyway who said the word 
apparently. Oh, well, that's harsh. <laughs> it's the only instance of the word apparently in the episode, if that gives you any kind of clue. No, it doesn't. It does not. Um, okay, apparently. Apparently. Um, Who says apparently? This is a complete, complete shot in the dark. Okay. You've got, you know, you've not, you've probably got five people to pick from. There's not a lot of extra, extraneous speakers in this episode. Wait, I, I always thought I only ever picked from the main cast. Could it be from anyone? It could be from anyone who speaks. Oh, I'm... as is part of the uh, <laughs> our tradition of explaining the rules every week. Have we ever actually done it by anyone who's not one of the main cast? Uh, I don't think so because I always back okay. out and think it's too hard for you. But you know, oh, what? But the word apparently, for... the word apparently. Yeah. Well, when it's its only instance, and it's quite a good delivery, so I thought maybe I'd uh, I'd throw things out here. Okay, this is a complete, complete guess. I have no idea at all. Um, I'm going to say um, it's Niles. Uh, they are discussing the portfolio of the, the investment. And he goes, you know, is there anything we can do? And he says something like, oh, apparently they've already done it. So there's nothing we can do. It, I'm afraid, is Frasier when he says, apparently in England, it's the fourth date. Oh, <laughs> yes. Daphne gets back from her romp in the fence and spinnies. So there you go. But I really did throw the uh, throw the, <laughs> the rules out the window there and make it really hard this week. So you gave it a good try. Okay? Just before we jump to listener mail this week, got a quick kind of thing I want to run by people listening. And we really want to hear your feedback about this. So please write in. Key and I have been toying with the idea of having a kind of a little mini fundraiser um, just so we can both buy some new microphones, um, kind of get some higher quality mics, like actual freestanding on a, you know, on a tripod, um, because we use kind of, you know, crappy call center headsets at the moment. Um, we've identified a couple that we'd probably like, um, and we can kind of list to these on Facebook or something um, if we set up like an actual GoFundMe page. So if anyone listening, and do not feel obliged, of course, if anyone felt like they wanted to, you know, chuck some money towards this, obviously all that money is going straight back into the podcast because it's just to improve the audio quality. But we're looking probably for around about £200. So we'll, we'll kind of, I just want to get a little feel for if people will be willing, you know, to kind of however much money, whether it is, you know, a pound, whatever, that you feel you can part with. Um, all of it would obviously make a difference. And we've also kind of talked about, this is something that's way more hypothetical and probably won't materialise. However, it's definitely something to consider and we really want to hear what your thoughts are on it. Uh, obviously, you all know what Patreon is. Patreon is um, kind of a subscription-based uh, website where the more you pay per month, um, it's not a one-off payment, it's a monthly payment. You get bonuses depending on what tier you're in. So if you pay $1 a month, you might get you know a shout-out at the end of each episode. If you pay $5 a month, you might get like something extra. Like I might send you um, some pages of the scripts I'm writing or something like that. If you pay $10, you know, we were, we toyed with the idea of if you wanted us to review an episode of TV from a completely different show, you could request that and we would do that and we'd release it on maybe like a different channel or something. This is just something we're toying with. Is this an idea that you guys are interested in? Obviously, these episodes will always be free. We'll never charge for these. And if you were, you know, if you were willing to kind of explore patreon what kinds of things would you want to see from a tiered bonus system but as i say that's all hypothetical the fundraiser thing will probably go ahead um just to see you know what we can what we can come up with as i say all that money would go back into into microphone purchasing so it's you know it's money going back into the podcast um hopefully to improve it for, for you guys and um can i just uh, add in on that um, please do 
Yeah, as Will said, obviously, to be absolutely clear, no, you're not going to lose anything, everything as it is now. We'll yes, everything's going to stay the same. Um, nothing um, will be changing there. And it's more just, I think, particularly in terms of the Patreon, it is gauging ideas, really. If, if you guys want more, then, you know, what would you want? What would you be interested in? I know um, some other podcasts, such as like Four Figure Discount, they do a, a second show. They do like a, uh, obviously the podcast is about The Simpsons. They do a show about uh, Futurama, which is entirely for for Patreon members and things like that. So it's more just gauging idea of you know of, is there the appetite for it? What if if so, what would you like? But certainly you'll still you know you don't have to pay a penny in terms of the weekly reviews that will remain exactly the same and, and that'll still be available to to everyone no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so. Any any kind of thoughts there, drop them on Reddit or the Facebook page and we can kind of talk through them and, and kind of respond there. Um, but listen to Mal this week, Keith. We want to hop over there. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, so listen to Mal this week. We had quite a lot of responses. Sydney Ass Basket, as always. Can't wait to listen to this tomorrow morning. Loving this podcast. Best Frasier podcast out there. And I responded, as I always do, God bless you, Mr. Ass Baskets. Thank you, Sydney. Uh, from K3R3G3 uh, said in regards to the Joe Keenan episode we did, this is indeed a great boon. And yes. my understanding is, I don't know much about Reddit, but I, I think K3R3G3, I think you said he's the, he's the moderator of, of the subreddit for Frasier. He is indeed um, um, great, kind of does a lot of great work on that sub, keeping it running. And he's been a great kind of advocate of the podcast as well. So lovely to kind of hear him listen to an episode and, and yeah. feedback i think um you know we, we both want to say thank you so much for allowing us to you know i, I don't know if advertise is the right word but advertise the podcast on the page and absolutely and, uh, yeah engage with people on on there it's been fantastic so so thank you for that yeah massively so um Reclia put i feel quite proud of myself being able to concentrate through key's american prince charles accent or whatever that was <laughs> although i may need a transcript later on thanks for the interview and well said on that last part with key virtual fraser con says sounds fun but I'm anti-Facebook. Interesting how you bring up the script you wrote. You are going to show us all someday, yes. I may. I may do this episode. Uh, I, 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 what I'm going to do is um, I want to try and write as many as I can before sharing the script. Um, but also the one I'm going to give out of Fraser Crane can't, potentially. Uh, I may not share that one for a while because then it will kind of undervalue the prize of whoever wins it. Uh, I say prize, you know, it's it's my stupid fan fiction episodes. It's hardly a, a massive a massive boon to quote. I don't know, I, I have your, your episode. You have read it. I sent it to you. Very, very good. Yeah, I really and, write Thank that. you very much, Kez. You don't have to say that. <laughs> That's very fun. Um, but there you go. So, yeah, I, down well. <laughs> I, 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 again, if I can write them quick enough, and they are, they do take a long time to write. That could be a Patreon bonus in some way if we were going to go down that route. But there we go. Screw on head key, I believe, is yes. the message. So, uh, from Screw on head, we uh, we have hi all and greetings from Canada. Uh, this podcast is great stuff. Been listening for a few weeks now, and I'm really enjoying reminiscing about all these episodes along with other fans. In the interest of furthering the discussion, while I wasn't a Cheers fan, it's interesting to see how much of the Frasier character's history does and doesn't transfer from one show to another and flower child is a more is one of the more interesting examples of that uh, in particular he references the fact that um, in flower child arlene's child was was born you know obviously in a cab and fraser mentions about great americans being born in a cab and um, what's not mentioned is that um, is Fraser's own son was born in the back of a cab in the Cheers episode. There you go. So I did mention that last week. So it, it was Screw on Head that mentioned this to give them full credit. Yeah, so that's a, that's a really interesting point. As, as someone who's not seen a lot of Cheers, I, I didn't know that myself. So um, it's a it's a really good point to raise that. And it, it is interesting, I think, as we've said, last few episodes in particular, mm -hmm. uh, how much of it they've they've you know transferred over and how much 
they haven't. Yep, thank you for that, Mischief Noi, but just had a listen and wow, didn't realise we'd get Jerome Belasco to write a portion of this episode. He's not until season three. Obviously, the Mafia guy. Fantastic <laughs> comment from Corey there. I did comment when we were doing it that you sounded a bit like Fat Tony. Um, <laughs> so many people have written in saying they were cracking up listening. So, you know, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because it works. It's good I'm, I'm delighted because I was really, it's the punk, that was the episode I've waited for the most. <laughs> Because I was really interested to see what people would make of it. And I, I played it to my brother when it, it came out. And he just looked at me and well, I don't even know what the accent is. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? He, he didn't even crack a smile. I was like, oh, God, this is going to go down. Proud. Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. What do you say, Bobo? Is that next episode? Uh, No, we've already... Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, oh, my that's... God. That's weird. Wow. wow. Okay, so uh, next uh, uh, comment, we've got Goodnight Seattle, who said, I discovered the podcast about a week ago, and I have to say that I'm absolutely loving it so far. It's great to hear two fellow Frasier obsessives discuss the minutiae of each and every episode. I've been a huge Frasier fan for years, and I've watched every episode countless times but very few people I know have seen much of the show at all. I've got to say that I'm very jealous of the conversations the two of you have in the podcast. There's so many episodes I'd love to take a deep dive into if anyone would listen for long enough. I've still got a lot of podcast episodes to catch up with before I'll be listening week by week, but rest assured I'll be firing some trivia questions your way before long. Excellent. We'll always be welcoming some more trivia, so please keep that coming. Cam Winston, Key, your accent. My man, <laughs> what happened? I was in hysterics. Love the episode. Bless you too, fantastic Englishman. Thank you very much, Hamish. Uh, from Ed E. Dean, um, we have doing my latest rewatch along with yours and the Craniacs podcast. I was starting at the beginning, but I'll have to watch the episodes for your latest podcasts as well. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Eddie D. And I did comment actually on that username because it's a reference to Stephen King's The Dark Tower, if anyone's read those listening. Uh, I'm only on like the, the third book, I think, but they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. And this comment is the last one of the week. And I don't like to play favorites, but this is a particularly special one for me in case. I'm just going to read this from Jenny ha Hagedorn. Hagedorn. Um, probably Hagedorn. She put, hey, I love the podcast this week. It was the perfect one to show my mom for the first time who introduced me to Frasier. This week's podcast was especially meaningful and the perfect one to show her first since we listened to it on the way home dropping my sister off at college hearing all of the wonderful things about the show from keenan's interview was nice and it was great to hear you both talk about the show being the source of comfort to people which is true for us on a day that was so bittersweet looking forward to flower child a lovely comment there and to, to soundtrack such a really amazing moment in in you know jenny's life there you know it's quite a watershed moment for her and her family just what a lovely thing to share with us um and you know just really really touched me in case so thank you so much yeah. for that it's, it's really really beautiful so thank you and yeah. and best of luck to your your sister at college yes, hope, indeed. It, hope it goes well know what she's studying if it's psychiatry then that's just spooky <laughs> but um you must let us know uh but i think that's everything for this week key next week it is as you said mamo the botch language of cranes which i love because it's got a lot of rain in it um so prepare for a lot of discussion about rain key um but until then i've been will i've been key and thank you for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.